right, let's turn to 1 John chapter 3 as we continue studying through the book of 1 John. I cut off the message right in the middle of the message last um, week uh, because I wanted to make sure we was thorough on what it means to pray in the Holy Ghost. It has nothing to do with prayer tongues. It means praying led by the Spirit into His presence. Amen? And without a clean heart, uh, you cannot just throw up a flare prayer and think God's going to see it or hear it. You must be right with God. Amen? And I appreciate the way God's blessing around here. And I don't want anything to interrupt it. Do you? I don't want anything to hinder it. And I'll tell you what will hinder it. Sin. Especially in leadership. So just, just bear with me a little bit. Everyone in leadership, you need to be accountable. Uh, you need to be right with God. You need to be close to your mate. And uh, you need to, we need to insist on uh, uh, background checks. And we, we're going we're gonna to really, we're gonna really uh, tighten the screws a little bit. And I'll tell you what, nobody works with the youth unless they're close with their wife. You understand? I mean, you need to be close to your mate. That's all I'm going to say about all this junk. It's going to come out in the paper. But I'm going to tell you something. The Lord would, uh, has blessed this church, but the devil would sure like to ruin it. He can do it, no matter how old this church is. Uh, and so uh, we're, gonna, we're going to make sure that we abide by the guidelines, but um, we need to abide by the Spirit. The Spirit of God keep everything in check. Amen? Let's all be Spirit-filled leaders. Amen? Spirit-filled leaders. Spirit-filled husbands, I'll take down all the accusations. Spirit-filled wives, amen? Now let's be careful. In this day and age, it's so happy that we didn't get in dugout school because I know the principal was afraid we'd get, uh, we'd, they should get sued. And uh, I understand that completely. But we're not finished yet trying to get in. But um, it's harder and harder to be able to deal with people because they're so afraid that something's going to happen. And then they're, they're going to get sued. Sue happy place. Sue happy. All right, verse 16. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Now we're talking about having a clean heart, but uh, I want to I want to get right to the, the last verse of this chapter. We need to have a consecrated heart. That means controlled by the Spirit of God, filled by the Spirit of God, or you can't even pray. And look at verse 17. But whosoever hath his world's goods and seeth his brother have need and shutteth up the bowels of his uh, of the compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. In other words, put some action to your love. Amen. And here's the whole crux of the matter. And hereby we know that we have we are the we are of the truth um, and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemn us, that's a conscience. God is greater than our hearts, and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemneth not, then have we confidence towards God. Now here's the verse taken out of context often, but take it in context this, morning, this afternoon. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of Him, because we keep His commandments, and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. And this is this, His commandment, that we should believe on the name of, the, of His Son, Jesus Christ, be saved, it's commanded, and love one another as he gave us commandment. And he that keepeth his commandment dwelleth in him, and he in him, and hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he has given us. I want you to notice the last phrase that says, by the Spirit which is given to us. 
Tonight I'd like to finish the message I began last week on the escort to heaven or when the Holy Spirit amens your prayer. Folks, there's no doubt about it. Uh, we need the Spirit of God when we preach. Uh, if I don't have the Spirit of God on my life, last night I left the YDC and one of the uh, counselors, those counselors think I'm the greatest preacher in the world because they're from liberal churches and they don't hear any. I'm, ser I'm serious. They just think, oh man, well, that, was, that was fantastic. Well, y'all hear, hear it every day and y'all don't think it's so, so good. But uh, uh, you're in a liberal church, you'll, you'll find out how good it is. Amen. And so they were raving. And they said, man, I want to tell you something. And this liberal came up to me and he says, I believe the Holy Ghost was all over you tonight. And I thought, whoa, I better not judge him anymore. Praise God. And I hope it was. Amen. And I want to tell you something. When the Holy Spirit shows up, prisoners listen. When the Holy Spirit shows up, people get under conviction and stop talking and messing around in, in the jail cells and, and, um, and rebelling and being hard. Only the Holy Spirit brings conviction. Say amen. The Holy Spirit can bring His presence. And the Holy Spirit can not only bring conviction, the Holy Spirit brings convincing that God is real. The worst sin you'll ever sin is praying and not praying having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. I preached Monday afternoon, the first message at 2 o'clock. If you don't think that's hard, you ought to try it. You run in off the I-75, and he says, you're first. Brother Steve Gregor was last. I was first. And I was glad because I, I enjoyed the barbecue more than after, I, after I preached. You don't have to worry about preaching. But uh, I preached on uh, that unto God. Uh, the, they, the church prayed unto God. And then I got so thrilled about it last night, I preached the same message that how to free a prisoner is you have somebody praying for you. And I begged those children to grow up and be mamas of prayer. And begged those children, those young men, grow up and be able to pray for your children. There's no greater privilege. So if you had one prayer request today, what would it be? It ought to be this. Lord, fill me, escort me into the presence of God, and pray through me. I'm going to tell you something. If you have a Holy Ghost prayer life, everything else take care of itself. If you're filled with the Spirit of God or controlled or yielded to the Spirit of God, everything else will take care of itself. Because I'm going to tell you something, your Christian life is not dependent on your flesh, it's dependent upon the Spirit. It's not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit, thus saith the Lord. It's a spiritual life. This is a spiritual awakening. This is a spiritual birth. But one of the greatest blessings is spiritual conviction. That's why we must have a clean heart verse 23, and then we need to have a confident heart, verse 21, or verse 20, a clean heart, and verse 21, a confident heart, and then in verse um, 22 and 23, uh, and on down to verse 24, a consecrated heart. I didn't say a concentrated heart. Somebody, some people have a hard time concentrating, concentrating. Uh, I think I'm ADD, but I wouldn't admit it, because they might put me on Ritalin at 68, and I'm not going to take it. Uh, but a lot of times I have a hard time focusing. You ever notice that? Fifteen people at the door shaking hands telling me earth-shaking problems. I'll have, a t I'll have a hard time focusing on one person's need. And I guess that's human. But I want to tell you something, friend. Consecrate means that you're dedicated and yielded to Him. That your heart is God's. With all thy heart, you ought to pray. And folks, I'm afraid. I'm just afraid. Sometimes we pray to hear our own words. I believe sometimes we pray just to let other people hear our words. We even rehearse it and think it's good and 
I hope we threw up a good one. And I'll tell you something, friend. That's not what prayer is. Prayer is being escorted in the presence of God, and the Holy Spirit is called the spirit of supplication, Zechariah 12, verse 10. So I want to ask you a question. Are you praying in the Holy Ghost? Are you praying led by the Spirit of God? Uh, you can pray, Abba, Father, because of the Spirit, adoption in, in your life, that you're adopted as a firstborn son, and you can pray, Abba, Father. That's a close relationship. Prayer vision is a Spirit-given vision. Prayer hunger is a Spirit-given hunger. Prayer power is a mighty power of the Spirit, pouring through your whole being, Folks, we, by sending the Holy Spirit, uh, Ephesians 1.19 says this, that you have exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe. What is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe? It's the power of the resurrection. And that's the power of the Spirit of God. So it's a supernatural dynamic of the Spirit operates through prayer, faith, and obedience. And folks, the first part of praying in the Spirit is that when you enter in His presence with guilt and um, uh, fleshly gluttony, and I'm not talking about just eating, but I mean you're just here for yourself, you're hearing yourself, you're, it's all about you and it's not about Him and His glory, then folks, the Holy Ghost will convict you if you want Him to convict you. He'll convince you that your heart's not right with God, and the best thing for you to do is shut your mouth and stop praying and get right with God. Say amen. I mean, sometimes what we need to do is have the altar call at the first of the prayer meeting so we can get our prayers through because we've entered here with cluttered hearts, callous hearts, cold hearts. I don't know about you, but I have a hard time with that sometimes. How about you? Uh, cold heart. Just going through the motions. Just, just, just praying. Just going to church. And folks, by, not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit of God. And so I want to give you a few things, uh, and you can start uh, putting them up there on the wall. The Spirit fills you so that you can be, so He can be Lord of your praying. Lord of your praying. I know with all my heart that I want Him to be Lord of my praying. That means I want, I want Him to get the glory but I want him to be able to direct me in that prayer life. I want him to escort me into Because I'm going to tell you something. You're unqualified to pray without the Spirit. You will pray amiss, consuming upon your own lust. And folks, there's a, a blessed, blessed verse about having access. And I'll give you that in just a minute. But I want to tell you something. The Bible says you can't even call him Lord, much less crown him Lord, without the Spirit of God. See, the Spirit of God makes... Him real. I'm talking about Jesus. Look at John 16, 13. I'll read this often tonight. John 16, 13. John 16 and verse 13. I don't hear those pages turning. Look at it. Amen. Say, I got my little phone and I'm hitting the button. Okay, go ahead. Just look at it. John, I ain't going to preach against it. I don't, just, just look at the Word of God. Amen. If you get the NIV, which says, Thy, The kingdom and power and glory forever and ever left out of the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, I'll rebuke you for that. Because I'm going to tell you something, friend. The only reason we pray is for thy kingdom and thy glory forever and ever. How absurd. Even a liberal preacher on uh, the radio the other morning, uh, well, it was a few years ago, uh, a few months ago, said, uh, I, I, I can't even believe anybody would use the NIV because of that one verse, leaving out 
uh, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Have you ever memorized the Lord's Prayer? Raise your hand. Now, don't be, I'm not going to shoot you for doing it. Amen. Praise God. But those, those are great words, but folks, words are easily spoken. But faith is the key. And the Spirit of God is the key. Because you can't even call Him Lord without the Spirit. Amen. John 16, 13. The Bible says, How be it when the Spirit of truth is come, He will guide you into all truth. For He shall not speak of Himself. He don't want a Holy Ghost prayer meeting. He wants a Jesus prayer meeting. That He may, there's this. It says, But whatsoever He shall hear, that He shall speak, and He shall show you things to come. He shall not speak of Himself. But here's the whole key to prayer. This is the whole key of having an undeniable prayer life. It says in verse 14, He shall glorify me. Who's He? The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. He shall glorify me, for He shall receive of mine and shall show it unto, unto you. The Lord said He'll not even speak of Himself. Third person of the Trinity doesn't mean He's less than God, but I want to tell you something. His office is to lift Jesus. And when you come to prayer, you don't know God like you ought to know God and you don't know how to get through to Jesus' blood like you need to get through, but the Holy Spirit does. So he'll escort you into the presence of God. And the first thing he'll do is he'll point out, by the way of the gift of conviction, what's wrong in your life. Because we'll ask to miss, to consume it upon our own lust. James 4, 2. We have not because we ask not. Then we start asking because we want everything. We want our way, Frank Sinatra. We're going to have it our way. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of life. It brings out, it, it, it kills the deadness of prayer. The spirit of wisdom, it delivers us from the ignorance of prayer. And it's the spirit of fire, it delivers from the coldness of prayer. The spirit of might comes to us in our weakness as we pray. And I don't even know what to pray sometimes. I don't know how to pray. Sometimes I feel like my prayers are bouncing off the acoustic ceiling. How about you? But I want to tell you something. When the Spirit of God takes over, it's not some prayer tongue, but it's your mind in line with His mind. So number one, the Spirit fills you that you can be uh, Lord of your praying. I'll try not to go over this long because I went over it last week. The Spirit makes you spiritually healthy. It makes Christ your very life. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 2. Romans chapter 8, verse 2. I'll just read these verses. We'll move on to new territory. Real quick. Romans 8, 2. The Bible says, For the law of the Spirit of for the law for the law of the Spirit of life is Christ Jesus, has made me free from the law of sin and death. It says life. If there's any place that we need more life in our prayer life in our life is our prayer life. John 15, 7 tells us that we'll it's a sign of abiding when we ask what we will. And it shall be done in you. My words abide in you. And, and, if you. and the Spirit of God controls you. You're like a yielded vine. And there's life and vitality and fruit. We don't know what we ought to pray, but we know that if we're connected, and, and folks, we can have uh, a heavenly spiritual unction and function of the Spirit life. Our life, therefore, must truly be possessed and moved by the Spirit more than ever in our prayer life. By the way, your spirit-filled life is determined by your prayer life because he gives you a holy hunger. 
Andrew Murray said this, the extent of, of, of the abiding is the exact measure of the power of prayer. It is the spirit dwelling within us that prays not in words or thoughts always, but in breathing and being. That's words that cannot be uttered, Romans 6, 8, 26. Deeper than utterance. Just so much as there is uh, of Christ's spirit in us, there is real prayer. Oh, let our lives be full of, the, of Christ and full of the Spirit and the wonder, wonderfully unlimited promises to our prayer will no longer appear strange. Now, folks, I'm going to tell you something. If you ever have a problem, the devil's going to make sure you have a problem in one area, your prayer life. If he can't get you to just go through the motions... And, and, and have a lot of words and a lot of effort and a lot of sweat and a lot of loudness and a lot of this and a lot of that and maybe prayer tongues or whatever which I don't believe in at all he'll get it so dead that you never want to pray it'll be like eating collard greens when you was a kid prayer life you don't want to pray you don't have a place of prayer so therefore you don't pray much but folks listen God can draw you and that's my third point the spirit makes you not only spiritually healthy, but the Spirit of God draws you to prayer. Draws you to prayer. Only the Spirit can convey to you the heartbeat of God. When you know the heartbeat of God, you want to get with it. You want to beat with, you want your heart to beat with His heart. Because that's the will of God. And then only the Spirit of God can give you the priority of God. And only the Spirit of God can show you the battle which, is, which He calls for you to fight. I, want, I, want, I don't want to be uh, too explicit here, but I want to tell you something, friend. The devil would love nothing more than to ruin my moral life and Jason's moral life. Nothing more. And I've been in churches where it's happened, and it's devastating. I mean, the next service, it's like a death sentence to the church. Nobody's speaking. Nobody knows what to say. Nobody will take the church because of the plight and the scarlet letter upon that church. And so I want to tell you something. There's a spiritual battle, not just morally, but emotionally. I mean, I want to tell you something. I know preachers today that won't even preach because they're so depressed. And they're out of the ministry after three years of trying it. And the Bible says there's a warfare going on. Look at Ephesians chapter 6, 18. Ephesians 6, 18 real quick. Bible says praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now, folks, the best friend you'll ever have is a spiritual prayer warrior as a partner. Put on the whole armor of God. It's a shield of faith. It's a helmet of salvation. Shod our feet with the preparation of the gospel of Christ that keeps us stable. Our breastplate of righteousness. Our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. Does that sound like we just ought to run into the prayer closet dirty and filthy in heart and say, Lord, give me, give me, give me? I think it ought to be a preparation of putting on the whole armor of God and the battle's won on your knees. And the battle's won not between your ears but in your heart, which is your mind, will, and emotions, your being. And so Spurgeon said this, When thou hearest the sound of the going of the top of the mulberry leaves, then shall thou bestir thyself 
that going in the tops of the mulberry trees may have been the footfalls of the angels hastening to help David. Well, let's go on to some new territory. Number four. Number four. The Holy Spirit gives special access to God. Special access to God. Now, folks, listen. If I'm going to see the president tomorrow, I'm going to have to have special access. I can't be like that guy that jumped the fence and got two, two rooms into the White House. That, that's really, I mean, I would fire the security guard on that one. Amen? Uh, they had rumors that the, wall, the holes would just open up all over the Capitol lawn. Well, he must have dodged every one of them because he went right in there. But folks, I want to tell you something. It's great to know someone to get you in. Amen? I'll never forget the time I took Dr. Uh, Jimmy Clark. You pray for him. He's having a battle. He's lost his home and it's moved up to, uh, uh, to Stanton, Virginia. Brother Eric Brown's got it. They lost the facilities and, and the pastor that he turned it over to decided he didn't want any of it. And, and they're trying to go on with the home, 15 girls. And Brother Jimmy's trying to take care of his wife that's got cancer. And Folks, I want to tell you something. He's still wanting to preach. He's still going to come here and preach soon. But I want to tell you something. There's a battle. You start helping girls, and it's a battle. You start having a Christian school, there's a battle. You try to pastor, there's a battle. You try to do anything for God, there's a battle. Now, if you sit in the pew and warm it, and that's all you do, the devil might leave you alone. But if you try to do anything for God, there's a war going on to try to stop you. And most of all, he's trying to stop you from praying. And you get an all against a sister and all against a brother, and you think it's no big deal. I'm going to tell you something, folks. It cuts you off from God. We can't afford that. We can't have that in this church. We can't pick sides and join teams. Amen. We can't throw paint at each other, ladies. We've got to stay on the same page. Amen. We can't throw horseshoes or hang grenades at each other. That's the only thing that counts when it's close. And I'll tell you this, friend. We can pray for each other. Amen. See, you know what's so hateful about bitterness? Is you don't want to pray for somebody. You want them to die. In the name of Jesus. You want them to fall and break their nose in the name of God. You hope they fall flat on their face when you're bitter. But if you're in the spirit, you pray for them. Even though they hate your guts and hurt you. And so folks, listen. Perceive you the love of God. He laid down his life for you. You ought to lay down your life for the brethren. Don't love just in word, and, and uh, but love in deed and in truth. This is all in context. And then the ways please God, you can ask anything you want. Have confidence God will answer your prayer because it's in the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit makes special access to God. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18 while you're there. Ephesians 2, 18. Ephesians 2, 18. The Bible says this. For through Him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Now I went over Romans chapter 8 last night, or last Wednesday, pretty thorough. So I probably won't go there again, but I want to tell you something. The Holy Spirit knows God better than you know God. And the Holy Spirit knows you better than you know yourself. And the Holy Spirit knows what you need more than you know what you need. So you better let him lead in prayer. Amen? Hey, folks, more important than letting Jeremy Smith lead in prayer in the closing of this service or whoever I call on or whoever Brother Randy calls on, we better let God, the Holy Spirit, lead in prayer. And we better let him come home with us and, and drive us to our prayer closet. And by the way, if you don't willingly pray, he will drive you to your knees through tribulation. Why is it we pray more in the emergency room and more in the funeral home than we do when everything's hunky-dory? We need to pray now and have a desperation 
about our prayer life. But look at Ephesians 3, verse 12. Ephesians 3, 12. The Bible says this, In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by, by the faith of Him. Who gives you faith? God, the Holy Spirit. The Spirit ushers us into the presence of God. And who do we think we are to go into the presence of God? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5 and 9 says we're holy priests. We're a peculiar priesthood. We're His priest. And folks, we need to go in His presence because we've got a lot to intercede for. In my invitation last night at the YDC, I said, Hey, girls, how many of you got a little sister? They raised their hand. Some had pink hair and uh, earrings in their nose and all kinds of weird-looking dudes there. I'll tell you what, praise God, the boys look, you know, halfway normal. There was a bunch of pink hairs and all kinds of stuff. I don't, I don't understand that. I guess if I had some hair, I'd, I'd paint it any color I could. But uh, uh, I said, do you have a little sister? And about that time, the hardest one, I mean, the one that looked at like the devil at me the whole time I was preaching, she, I could see that she started breaking. And she, a little tear started streaming down her cheek. And she said, I got a little sister. And I can't pray for her until I get saved. During the invitation, I wish I could say that she got saved, but she raised her little hand, pink hair and all, praise God, and, get, and said, I need prayer to get saved. Please pray for me. Why? Because she wants to pray for her little sister. Because you know something? Her little sister might be living in hell at home. She might be being abused like she was. Who knows? And I'm not going in detail about anything because I don't know anything, but I know one thing. The Holy Spirit knows all about it. The Holy Spirit will give you access and you are called to be the priest. You are to intercede for these little kids. Don't you ever run a bus route or a van route in this church if you're not going to intercede for them and have a prayer list. That's an injustice. You're not, you're not some usher boy. You're not some bus driver. You're not some uh, person just escorting people so we can break 200 again in Sunday school. You are their intercessor. You're the only one probably that will pray for them. So don't waste your time praying in the flesh. Because when you pray in the Spirit, God might save their parents. Might, God might call them to be a Clarence or Tom Sexton. Say amen. A little bus kid in the quarters. East Lake Quarters in Chattanooga. Wouldn't ride through there for nothing after dark. One time... April Baker had this wild idea she was going to get some chicken out of a truck over there on Chattanooga Avenue near Rossville. And Jason scared to death unloading that truck. Because, I mean, he, you look around and all these people, switch blades and knife blades. I want to tell you something. The biggest business in that whole block was hubcaps. Sally's hubcaps. Mama Sally's. I'll tell you why they're all stolen, praise God. I got, a, I got, some, I got some good deals up there. But I'm going to tell you, listen. Listen, I wouldn't walk one minute without God in this world. And folks, we cannot play games in the battlefield. We must pray in the battlefield. And folks, we've got to have access. We've got to have access. Turn to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16 real quick. Well, my time's already up that I said on myself. Y'all paint an hour, I can preach an hour. <laughs> that was good last night. Pray for Brother Jeremy and Miss Angie, um, the candidates for a church in Tacoa, Georgia, this Sunday. If God calls 
Brother Jeremy, I hope Angie stays. No, not really. But look, 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 look at Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. I even got a smile out of Jeremy on that. That's pretty good. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. I love to have a reaction out of that guy. But look at this, verse 16. It says, Hebrews chapter 4. It says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. You've got to come boldly to the throne of grace, but who are you to come boldly to the throne of grace unless you're full of the, full of the Spirit? Because the escort says, don't ask that. Hey, he don't want that. That ain't God's will. What are you praying for sunshiny days every day? You need some heartache. You need some storms. You need some cloudy days because it makes you more like Jesus. Romans 8, verse 28 and 29. Folks, listen. We are too dictatorial when it comes to our prayer life. We want what I, we want, and we want it yesterday. Say amen. And the height and depths of some of our prayer uh, uh, requests is, Lord, help me win the lottery. I hope you do, but don't you tell me just tithe. But anyway, listen, don't play that stuff. That's a, that's a, a sin. Gambling is a sin. How many knew that? Say amen. Well, why are you playing it? No, but anyway, uh, number five, number five, <laughs> number five. Uh, I got to get some of you smiling because some of y'all killing me. But listen, the Spirit teaches you to pray. In uh, Ephesians chapter six eighteen, He's a transforming atmosphere of prayer. He enters you enter into the presence of God, and I want to tell you something: you wouldn't be flippant about it either. You wouldn't try to be impressive. When you get to heaven, you're not going to impress anybody. You're just going to be impressed with Him, and you're going to kneel at His feet, and you're going to worship Him. The atmosphere of the Lordship of uh, of the Spirit must characterize your living and your praying. Who do you think you are and who do I think I am that we think we don't need prayer? The Spirit exercises His Lordship by teaching you to pray. And then He exercises His Lordship by calling you to pray. He exercises His Lordship by guiding you in your prayer and giving you faith as you pray. The Spirit is your infallible, all-wise teacher. He enables you to do as He teaches. He not only teaches you, He gives you the power to carry it out. He'll help you pass the test. John 14, 26. Turn with me, John 14, 26. Y'all know the verse, but I want you to circle it. Especially in your prayer life. John 14, 26. I'm glad to be saved, say amen. I'm glad you wanted to be in church. Some of you don't look like you want to be in church, but I'm glad you're here. I don't care if you want to be or not. Look at John chapter 14, verse 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Now, folks, I want to tell you something. You need the Holy Spirit to remind you of promises when you you need the Holy Spirit to remind you of His power when you pray. You need the Holy Spirit to remind you of your pettiness and pitifulness as you pray. Because a lot of times you'll say, hey Lord, if you just answer half of it, I think I can carry on without you. No, you can't carry on without Him. You can't do nothing without Him. You're, you're in help. And folks, John 14, 26, the Spirit is the paraclete. The word comforter means paraclete, not parakeet. Paraclete. It's a Greek word that means an appointed person 
to bring you into the courtroom with a man on trial as a helper or a counselor. See, it's a great comfort to know you've got a helper and a counselor when you go to court because I'm going to tell you something. You try to represent yourself in court, you've had it. They'll take you down the, the tubes and the river if you try to go in there and say, well, I think I know I'm right. But folks, you might not know how to say you're right. And so you need a lawyer. And, they, and they're not cheap. But a person takes courage when he knows that he has someone, a paraclete, to come, uh, come alongside of him. And he's never alone. And he helps the defendant to understand the issues before him. He says, listen, ask this. He wants this. This is what the Word of God says. This is right. He helps him see clearly the statements he needs to make. So in other words, you don't know how to pray. He tells you how to pray. The Holy Spirit sanctifies you to the will of God. When He teaches you, He teaches you the will of God. He, he yearns and illuminates and believes uh, through you for the will of God. He, the Bible says in James chapter 4 that the Holy Spirit lusts to envy. That means He wants God's will. He wants you to love God. If you don't pray in the Spirit, uh, you don't know what you ask. Matthew 20, 22 he said, you don't know what you ask. My baptism to the cross is my baptism, not yours. Peter says, I'll die for you. He didn't know what he was asking because he could not be the Savior. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, spiritual things are spiritually taught and spiritually discerned. A lost person cannot pray and a lost person cannot worship and a lost person cannot know God until they have Jesus in their heart and the Holy Spirit. It's spiritual sensitivity. It's spiritual perception. It's spiritual longing. And it's spiritual warfare about the deep things of God taught by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit never gives holy hunger to those things out of the will of God. He'll change your prayer. He'll say, I can't endorse that. He'll check it. You ever been checked like in hockey? I mean, He'll stop you. And if you don't become stubborn, he'll say, listen, I didn't amen that. Jesus can't say amen to a carnal request. Holy Spirit, your loving teacher, will help you to know, rejoice, long to pray for the will of God. Psalms 37, 4 says, your delight will become his delight. You'll delight in the Lord. Until you're filled with the Spirit of God, he cannot exercise his full role of teacher. Lord, paraclete, escort to accompany you in the presence of God. So if I had one prayer request, one prayer request, I'd want to pray this, Lord, fill me with the Spirit of God. Sanctify me to the will of God before I say one word to you. He guides you in prayer because the same one that inspired the word guides you in prayer. The Holy Spirit inspired the Word. So He definitely knows the will of God. Definitely. And so when you don't know what to pray, you don't know how to pray, the prayer you ought to pray is this, Lord, cleanse my heart, fill my heart with faith, consecrate my heart, fill my heart to overflowing, 
because he never feels for you to have a filling, to fill it, to minister, and then the Spirit of God burdens you to pray. As long as he teaches you to pray, number six, Joel, he burdens you to pray. The Holy Spirit longs for you and loves and identifies with all the sufferings of this world. You really won't care and you really won't cry and you really won't mourn and you really won't be broken until the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you in prayer. You'll really not care. And when you do yield to the Spirit of God, the Bible says in Romans chapter 5, verse 5, God pours His love into your heart. And then chapter 5, verse 8 says, God commended His love towards us and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so folks, He'll fill you with His love as you pray. Your eyes will see this world through His eyes. Your heart will be filled with His love. Your prayers will carry a burden for all people. Black, white, red, Hispanic, uh, every, everybody. Robert Murray Machine said this, sit down, put your elbows on the desk because somebody said what was the key to his great praying? praying? What, what made Robert Murray Machine one of the most powerful preachers and evangelists that ever lived? And the visitor was escorted into his office. He said, sit behind his desk. He said, sit behind his desk, put your face, put your elbows on the desk right there and there was grooves in the, in the desk, the wooden desk. He said, put your elbows on the desk, put your face in your hands and let the tears flow. And then get up and preach behind that pulpit down the, down the hallway. The Spirit, number seven, empowers you to pray. It's power and love beyond your power and love. It's a supernatural experience. The Spirit of God burdens you to pray. Thank God for that. But I want to tell you something. The Spirit of God empowers you to pray. And it's power. You, you, you're His prayer channel. He, he, you're His vessel. And then last but not least, he multiplies your faith. Folks, we need faith. He gives you a new revelation of the greatness and power of God. When you pray, you see him high and lifted up, not some cart boy that you're going to boss around today and demand your will over his. Number two, he gives you a vision of how God longs to act on your behalf. He gives you faith. He impresses upon your heart particular promises, faith, and he kindles a joyous expectancy in your heart. That's what we need. You know, we, when we pray, we ought to believe God's going to answer. Amen. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. And without faith, there will be no prayers answered. Mark chapter 11, verse 25 says, It's by faith you can move mountains. And so, folks, let me just close this series by saying this. You need to let the Holy Spirit escort you into the place of prayer. And then it will become His place of prayer. And see, the Spirit of God does not lead you out of the will of God. The Spirit of God does not lead you to have useless goals. He assists you in your prayer, undergirds your confidence, and brings the promises that you will not stagger in your faith. 
Jean Nicole Gross, 1750, said this, Of what use is my prayer if the Holy Spirit does not pray with me? Come, Holy Spirit, come to dwell and work with me. Take possession of my understanding and of my will. Govern my actions not only at the moment of prayer, but at every moment. Amen. That ought to be our prayer. We ought to pray, dear God, dwell in me. I know you do. But Lord, as I yield, take possession of my life. And help me have an understanding of your will. And help me and increase my faith. Increase my burden. And pray through me. So praying in the Holy Ghost has nothing to do with some unknown gibberish from another world. It has everything to do with your life yielded to the Spirit of God and letting Him escort you into the presence of God. Let's pray. Father and Holy Spirit, would you please help us to pray? And I mean not just behind this pulpit because I'm expected to do that. But when I don't feel like praying, when I'm tired, when I'm discouraged, when I'm depressed, God, may we see you as the Holy Spirit sees you. May we, dear God, see your will as the Holy Spirit sees your will. And God, may we see the answer coming as the Holy Spirit sees the answer coming in our life. God, increase our faith, but increase our yieldedness to the Spirit of God.